Hello, Minifandom listeners. Welcome back to the show. I'm your charming Australian co-host, Menas. I'm joined by my equally charming co-host from Maine. Red, how are you today? I'm doing one wonderful, 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 Menas. It's it's great to see you. You are sexy as ever. Can't wait to get yeah. into the show. Yeah, you know, the rebranding of us is continuing. You know, we're moving out of the cunt uh, brand into a more, I guess, a more hospitable, a more likable, a, a better sort of brand for both of us. Feels like it, right? I feel like uh, we are beloved by Kirk Minahan, Kirk Minahan's show. Um, I feel like everybody loves us. Nothing but good things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, um, g'day everybody. Let's get straight into it. Taking care of business. Then we've got obviously a lot of clemmer stuff. We're going to react to the the polar episode. We've got some listener questions. There's not a lot of Minifan fan world stuff to react to, but we will. Um, one of the all time dumbest takes ever by Mike Montante and David from Hull on that the can't last. Be. <laughs> uh, Montante's um, Moron World show. Um, so, but let's get into taking care of business. Um, do you have any taking care of business? Any thoughts on the, the summer, the live show, a- anything around? So, I've, I, the biggest thing I've got right now for the live show is I think we've got something going on with with Gearhead Mike is uh, talking about maybe being able to host us. There's also an opportunity in Wells, Maine that we could have a facility there. That's not necessarily right next door to the Wilbur, but it's a facility we'd have free reign with. Um, so that's an option. So we've got a couple options here. Would love to be able to get together with all of the Minna fans that Saturday pregame before the Wilbur shows. So, Yeah, I would love to happening. do a live Minna fandom. Uh, I hope uh, we can get something going. Uh, my, my mobile podcast kit has been checked. It's been sound checked. It's all ready to go. So should, you know, there'll be an opportunity for, say, you and I to record in person. And as I said last time, going to do, um, you're going to be able to record with anyone in person. So looking forward to that. Would love it. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, um, I mean, I fly in, you know, just over a week. So it's getting pretty close. Um you got your bags packed? You uh, like how much packed? Well, I'm, I'm starting to get everything together. You know, organizing the sound equipment. Yeah, just getting all the minor stuff together. Um, but knowing me, I'll pack like the day before. How many pairs of underwear are you packing? One a day. One a day. All right. Yeah. All Very right. smart. Um, all right. So some more. T- or not. Okay. That's <laughs> well, maybe not one for every day. Um, all right. There you go. Perfect. All right, so let's get into some more taking care of business. Um, so, you know, the Minna fans constantly amaze me, constantly surprise me. I woke up to a, a DM from Chris Clemmer last week and uh, my my good friend Ethan from the New Hampshire cast, who I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. um, received a present on my behalf. Now, I... I I was sort of half asleep. I didn't really register what was going on when I was looking at this message, but clearly a Minifan has sent Ethan a present on my behalf because I didn't track down Ethan. I don't know where he lives. I don't know Clemmer's address. Um, so do you think that's odd, Red, that a Minifan would send Ethan a present on my behalf? And I appreciate uh, it. Listen, nothing nothing surprised me in the Minifans. As soon as you... Uh, sent me that information and let me know that I was not surprised at all. The only thing, the if you've ever watched that documentary, "Don't Fuck with Cats," 
you know the power of what the MetaFans can do online. They can find anyone at any time. They can track you down, uh, go through your street, um, find connecting streets to you. They will find you, and they found Ethan. I can't imagine what he's thinking when he's getting that present. Um, is he aware of you, knows who you are, knows your love affair for him? Like, how, how deep does this go? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Chris has um, passed on my love and affection for the great man, one of the great podcasters in the main northeast area. But, yeah, um, I haven't actually told him that I didn't send him the present yet or or broken the news to clamour because I was a bit stunned. I like, and, and it actually matches the writing of some people who've sent me stuff before um, over here. But I, I don't know who that was either. So, yeah, look, it's a bit of a mystery. Um, but yeah, so people are sending you things amazed. as well. This- well, in the past, not recently, but you know, Dale Bear and T-shirts, and uh, it's not Kelleher's writing. He sent me some stickers, and actually, I, I, I recently was like clearing out an old bag, and I found the letter from Rich Kelleher when the show started with some KMS stickers, and you know, he was saying what a great Minna fan I am, and keep up the good work. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, good times. Wow, looking forward I've- to. Did, well, I wonder if Rich will be at the Wilbur. I got to think that he's going to be there. I mean, why wouldn't he be there? Everybody pretends like they're not going to go or they're too cool for this or they don't listen to the show anymore. They're all going to be there. All the all the crazies are going to be there. You have to be. Yeah, um, our good friend Mayo doesn't have a ticket because he said to me he sold his ticket after Steve butt-fucked him on the show last year, um, which is so stupid, Mayo. I mean, I know if you went to the Wilby, you'd have to get out of your car, so that might be a problem, but yeah. you've got to come. Well, so I don't know if you have this in your TCB, but you are you are banned from the Wilbur show. So I don't know if you want to give that up to give him your ticket or not. You can give that up to Mayo. That that was a joke. That was a funny bit by Kirk Minahan, as you if sure? I'm banned from the Wilbur. He said that in jest. Uh, you know, oh. I'm not going to do a a Mike or a Harrison or a Justin and and start to freak out because Kirk made a joke. I mean, that was funny. Okay. Kirk's a great okay. comedian. Um, I don't know. I think you're going to have an angry, angry bearded man pushing you out of the Wilbur. We'll see. We'll see what happened. I don't know if Justin's going to take that approach or not, but I just, I worry about you. I'm going to be there for you. I'll block him as long as I can. But I mean, if, if not, at least could you give me your VIP access? If not, Yeah. If, I if, if I do, I'm not even going to entertain this stuff. You're not getting in my fucking head with this red and you don't red and straighten up your microphone. So you Fucking beard stops rubbing against the the microphone, and I get like fifty DMs about it, which tends to happen <sighs> when there's the tiniest sound issue. Um, uh, uh, next bit of um, TCB. Uh, our, our snaky friend Mike Montante has been playing a little bit of sneaky games in the back uh, back areas of DM. So I invited him to join us last week when we recorded. Uh, to get his uh, view of being in the studio. And it was it was going to be coming in for a quick 10, 15-minute segment. And I, I hadn't told you about it because he said no straight away. Um, and I would have told you. It wasn't going to be like some, oh, gotcha moment. Here's Montante. Sure. It was just um, you saw the DMs, bring him in at 9.30. We have a chat for 15 minutes. Then we get rid of him before he starts blabbering on about some bullshit. And he said in the DMs that there's no way he'd come on with you. So I'm like, okay, if you hate Red that much, that's fine. And then you tell me yesterday he's playing slap and tickle with you, trying to get him on his show, trying to get you, uh, you, sorry, on his show. 
I'm stunned by this because he's been very kind to me in the DMs and trying to get me on to go on a show. And I've been very kind to him, as I always have been. I don't know why he doesn't like me. Um, but I've always been very kind. Because he can't take a joke. I think that's probably what that is. Yeah, he's like he, he can make racist jokes and and discriminatory jokes and laugh at them. But when people sure. make jokes about him, he loses his shit because he's got a little fucking period, a uh, little vagina down there. <laughs> and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to come on the show with me. I guess it's just a, he'll only have me at his place. I guess I don't know what that is. Uh, I've met Mike before. He seems like a very nice guy. We've we've you know we've shared drinks together at a spot, and he's been very loud at that spot. Um, he seems like a very. I don't know what happened to him, but he's broken. We broke him, Menners. So mm, it's just very strange it, that he would take that angle. You know, be he, not going on with Red, and then you know begging you to go on his show, which makes me think. Is he trying to cause trouble between us? Is there someone else in the, like in the back channel sort of egging people on? I don't know. But, you know, what's clear is people have been out to get Minna fandom for the last six months um, and it hasn't worked. We're still going strong, better than ever. The downloads are huge. Um, you know, it, it's the number one KMS reaction show. You, you can't break us up. We are too powerful together. We love each other that much. I mean, we're going strong here, Menners. It's this is a the only the only two people who could break us up would be Ethan, that piece of shit Ethan. I'm watching you, Ethan. Keep your hands off, Menners. <laughs> and then Lauren Lynn. I think Lauren, if Lauren Lynn called in the code red. I think the code red. I think I worked on that for a little bit. Thank you. That was a great joke. Um, if she called that in, <laughs> it's over for me. If she said you would couldn't do the show with me anymore, that would be it. But I think those are the only two people. Yeah, that that's true. If if Lauren said that, no, I would listen to her, one hundred percent. I don't. I don't blame you. Blame and you. next bit of taking care of business. So was it the three year anniversary of the show? last week or was it Carl's one year anniversary? They were talking about dates. They, they didn't um, really go into it because Kirk's not like that, but yeah, it, it, was it the three year anniversary? It was the three year anniversary. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember where I was when I was listening. Um, it was three years yesterday in the show for me has never been better. Manners never been better. Here we I go. saw your tweet. 10 minutes I, in, we got it. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet. And you said that Cullinane is the greatest producer that KMS has ever had. So, yep. It's got to yep. be true. Yeah. I've done a full 360, 180, whatever, whatever the, no, 360 will be a circle. So, I've done a full 180 now. There you go. And, um, you know, Carl's doing a great job. Um, job. So, yeah. Congratulations on three years. It's unbelievable. You know, sort of reflect on the, the journey of the last three years and, um, it, it's just been wild. I mean, I think that lockdown period in 2020 was one of the wildest sort of six months on the internet I've ever had. Oh, it was incredible. You have more Minna fans that had more time to do whatever they wanted. And a lot of it was interacting with KMS. It was, it was a great time to be a Minna fan at that time. And I, I still think it is. There's just a lot of people that get butt hurt. Kirk is mean to him one time and then they just, they lose their minds. Like Steve from Providence used to be a fan favorite, and now all he does is tweet about bodybuilding. Like that's it. That's all he does. Like it's, <laughs> these people have lost their shit. It's great. Unfortunately, I, uh, it. I don't see his tweets. Uh, uh, I, and then I was sort of, you know, thinking and reflecting on the last three years as sort of, uh, you know, it was really big for me when Kirk left um, 
Entercom and was starting his own podcast because, yeah, you know, as a, someone that loves podcasts, it was like Kirk's coming over to the promised land. And, and, and I sort of, you know, I've obviously made criticisms about certain aspects of the show and producers and, uh, but, but overall, I think the show has exceeded my expectations. Kirk has delivered in spades. Um, so all in all, I think it's been a very, very successful three years for, as a listening point of view. I don't know how the listen's going business-wise, but they're still going. The case is going to come back in 2024, so that's going to be huge. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think the last three years has been a journey we've all been privileged to be part of. And, you know, I think thank you, Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. Well, three more years. Three more years. Three Let's years. go. We can do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can do this. I can't wait. All right, so um, that's taking care of business. Let's get into the show stuff. Well, not even really show stuff. This is sort of not even on the show, but Clemmer gone on the second day, as you predicted. Um, it, it seemed weird because all the contestants, all, sorry, all the judges were like, oh, we liked Clemmer's bit in the rap, blah, 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 blah. And then, bang, he was punted. Speaking of the, the judges, it made no sense. They were they were penalizing people for doing things that they had done before, and then they were promoting those people. And they were their number one vote. Um, they all, as, as you said, they all love Clemmer. They all say how much they love him. They at least have him fourth, and somehow he's still going home. None of that made sense. They weren't. They were not organized. It was perfect yak crew and what they do. I don't know how Clemmer screwed this up. But he screwed this up big time. Some of the worst instincts we've ever seen <laughs> for, for three weeks. For three weeks. And this is coming from a guy who was a Clemming. I'm no longer a Clemming uh, because Clemmer turned his back on us. I am I am f- infuriated with him, Menners. I don't know how you feel. Well, give me I your criticisms. What are your main criticisms? The man uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a breath here. The man had every opportunity, had two weeks that he turned his back on KMS and the show. I know he was kicked out of the studio, but he turned his back on us for two weeks, had so much time to prepare, and this is what he came up with. Like, this was his pitch that was all KMS. Like, his video, his video that he put together was Kirk Minahan doing all the heavy lifting. Like, all just completely shitting on Clemmer. It was nothing to showcase anything that Clemmer actually does well, which I think he does some things well, but the video was just Kirk doing all the heavy lifting. Why, why do that if you're trying to separate yourself from the Kirk Minahan show? It makes no sense. Yes. And that really annoyed Kirk and Dave Cullinane because it was like, okay, so you want to separate, but then when you need us, you're going to pull videos and use it to try and get some votes from the judges. Right, and the best part of what the video was is just Kirk going off and shitting on him. So it doesn't even showcase him in any way. And then he brings his games that he's going to do. The the Brewster's Millions, the Barstool Millions, makes no fucking sense in 2022. If How easy would it be if you won that money, Matters, that you could just spend the money online on Amazon? You could purchase cars online. It would be the easiest task you would ever need to achieve it doesn't make any fucking sense and he had 50 more seconds that he could have done to give more ideas like what the fuck man like how do you he had barstool 
by the fucking balls. He had Portnoy tweeting about him. He should have gone in today. He should have said, you're not getting rid of me. And this is why he should have gone into the office. Should have fought for it. If this is your dream job, man, like what the fuck? Well, I mean, I don't think he, once he's out, he's out. That's the rules. But no, no, I mean, no, no, no. come on. No, Hank was high. He was, Hank was fired. How many times? And those guys said that he loved him and Portnoy's tweeting about him. Just go in there. Talk to Ebony. Get by Ebony at the desk. You're in. Just go into the studio. Justin's going to be with you. It'll be weird because him and Justin will still be there. It'll be great. (laughs) All right. So, I mean, those games were awful. I I think the main show did a great job of uh, making fun of those games. Uh, Just terrible instincts to to go in with that. And then uh, the only thing that that saved him was – some of the other contestants were way worse. Like that was the only reason Clemmer got through. I mean, Luke just got up there and ate snacks. Um, one girl just like read out hot guy names. Uh, yeah, I mean, just did some terrible other contestants. So the only reason he got through that first proper round was the fact that, you know, he displayed that he had a functioning brain. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh Big Cat and some of the other guys pumped him up the vote because they liked him because he's on KMS. So, A, he gets through that on by the skin of his teeth. Before that, though, I, mean, I have to say the fucking wheel of death was the dumbest way to start the Barthel Idol. I mean, you've got Paul Bry. I think that's how you pronounce the name, Bry or Bree, um, Bree Bree or Bry Bry Hunter on Twitter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amazing looking girl. She does the UFC show and she's actually funny. Like, there's absolutely no doubt she's more talented, probably half of the people that are still in the competition. And she just gets eliminated because of some stupid wheel. The only way that wheel would have been funny for us is if Clemmer had been the one to go. And I was rooting for Clemmer to go on that. That, that seventh spin because can you imagine how funny it would have been after all the build up and he just he goes without getting to do anything yeah that would have been great i i know that we lost somebody who's probably good in content and we're just hoping that if clemmer does get this one if he is the guy how funny that would be um and you're right like they they had to change the rules today because they didn't want or yesterday because they didn't want to lose you know somebody who was good because they had bad teammates in the uh, the challenge that they had. So I understand them changing up the rules there. I wish they had thought about that a little bit earlier. I don't know if I guess Brandon Walker's the smartest guy in the room, which is telling. So he's telling them we need to change this up, guys, because we don't want to lose somebody who's actually quality. Um, I, there's not a lot of quality that's out there, Manners. I don't. Nope. You're in. You're in the content game. Uh, I am not. That was stunning. I feel like those that are in the content game, you're surrounded by D students. Those people were awful. Even the girl who sang the song about masturbating, she's not good. Like, and that's like everybody's telling us how talented she is. There is no talent in what she's doing. She doesn't she musically, she doesn't sing on key. I don't want to be like Carano here, but she's not <laughs> even on key. Her lyrics, she's she's not even great with her lyrics. It's repetitive all the time. It's it's like MHB level of rhyming. It's Awful. They are awful. All of them. So bad. I, I mean, I was so glad Clemmer got chucked out just so I didn't have to keep watching this stupid show. I mean, I've got to say, so, uh, 
I'm just a Kirk guy. Some of the Barstool stuff just is so bad. This competition has been so bad. Kirk's right. You know, you've got these people coming up on the first day with those awful ideas and the judges just sat there with their fucking mouths open looking like dummies. I mean, they should have been yelling, telling these people to fuck off. I mean, booing. I mean, there should have been a bit more like American Idol vibe to it. Like, where's the Simon Cowell on that panel just ripping the shit out of some of these losers? And they're not doing them any favours because these people have got a chance. They're getting exposure. And as I said, they're just pathetic. And they're all coming in and they're very kind to each other. And there's no Portnoy anymore. Like, Portnoy was great in the show when they were doing the Idol. He would be great about that. Kirk would be great. But like, Brandon Walker just seemed kind of was like forced what he was doing the other day. Like, it's just not as good as it could be. It's a great idea. They're just not sticking the landing. And I don't know why, because there's fucking 10 guys in the room that work on that show. And who knows how many other producers. There's been a buildup for this. Like, the execution of it has been shit, and I don't know why. But it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, more stuff on Clem. I mean, what did you think about Justin getting in there and heckling the shit out of Chris during the basketball and getting in studio? And then, I don't know if you saw, Justin heckled one of the judges, and then the fucking, they all just turned yeah, on him. They were on, like, yes. They they wanted they wanted Justin out of there real quick. Like they all turned on him. I I gotta say, there's a couple things. First, downstairs area, which is a great account, mentioned this earlier, and I wanted to make sure that I brought this up. Which is, it does speak to Clemmer's ability to not find content, to not be able to build on the joke when he can't take what Justin is doing and make content out of that and make it funny. You know, like I think that's the main reason why Clemmer doesn't work on KMS and he doesn't, and Kirk doesn't vibe with him now is because he's realizing, you know, Chris is going to take the high road. Um, he's going to be all class gentleman. He's going to, every time Justin's screaming at him, he's just going to say, yep. Okay. And then he's just going to keep it moving. They're not on the same level red. So why they're not on the same level. And he can't, and and that's great that he's a very nice person, but that's not great content. If you can't take what Justin's doing and build onto that, like you can't you can't be in the content game. You can't be a barstool, and that's just the bottom line. That's just the way it is. So on top of the instincts, you have that. And Justin, I got to say this: I'm a Justin guy. He's got to find another layer and another level other than just being a, a total prick to Clemmer. Like you gotta you gotta make it funny, man. Like he had one good chirp in there. But you, you got to be funny. Like, you can't just shit on him all the time. You're trying to make everybody laugh in the room, too. Like, he's just he's just angry all the time. Mm. I don't get that. I don't get the level of anger. doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Justin. Um, Clemmer looked fucking pissed off when he got eliminated because I yeah. thought he was safe. i got to say, if I'm Clemmer, I think I'm safe. All the judges are, we didn't like the rap video, but Chris's bit was good. Chris's bit was good. And then I think they, and then it just came down to the fact that I think when it came down to that final vote, they looked at Chris and thought, do we want to work with this guy? Does he really fit in here? Probably not. He's probably, you know, they probably thought, oh, he's got some potential, but probably just not the right fit. And we discussed. Yeah, and I think I think it comes down to like guys like Nick, uh, KB, Lil Sass. I think those guys actually like Clemmer. I think they fucking hate 
Justin being there and they hate Kirk Minahan being a part of this. Like I can tell they are not Kirk fans the way they were talking about him in today's episode or whatever it was yesterday. You can tell that they don't like Kirk being around the show and they don't like that the Minifans are around the show. I think they just wanted to cut ties and be done with Chris. Like it really, he's yeah, that's my theory. I have no, I, I like, because like you said, they said nothing but positive things about Chris. So it's like, I don't, I don't understand why he's going home. And it sounded like they all had him voted as fourth or whatever it was. So somebody tanked that or somebody lied about that. It just felt like they wanted to get rid of him. Mm, yeah, maybe. And, I mean, and not because of him. Yeah, I mean, Texas Poop Holden was such a bad idea. I mean, I thought it was a bit. I thought he was going somewhere with a joke or something. The fact that you would think that, like, as if they could even do that on the act. Like, I don't even think you could imagine a sponsor, you know, saying, okay, we're doing a competition <laughs> where we're not going to shit for as long as possible, which I have to say is probably not healthy. Like, you, no. like it's it's fine a few mates doing that in, in a little game if you want to, Chris, which I think is bullshit. I don't think you've ever played that. But I can't imagine that ever being something they do on the show. Uh, just awful instincts. And then the, the Brewster's millions. I don't get what a gambling company would benefit from giving someone tons of money and just like you have to spend it all. Or it just didn't make sense. <laughs> there was, and he had hours. He had hours on top of the weeks he had beforehand to come up with ideas. If you're preparing for this, if this really is your dream job and you're putting your all in on this, you have to come up with something more than that. And Chris is a smart guy. He has ideas on things when it comes to business and content where I think he would be interesting. But like like Kirk said, like he doesn't want to be the butt of the joke. Um, he, doesn't he didn't want even to fill up three butt. minutes. He didn't even like, fill up three minutes. Three minutes. The kid who was just reading off the PowerPoint presentation <laughs> could at least fill that time. Like, come on, how many meetings, how many, how many interviews has Clemmer been on? He's been in higher situations, higher risk situations. He's been in more pressure situations than any of these kids have. Like, how do you not crush it there? I just don't get it. I'm no. I'm infuriated because none because of it makes he, sense. Because he goes in and it's not like he's doing a... um. Uh, you know, some of them did content, the song, whatever. So basically Chris is pitching. That's what, that's what his bit was. I'm going to pitch some ideas. So he goes in, pitches two bad ideas. Uh, he was very flat during the pitch. He didn't really sell them. And then he stopped, you know, doesn't even fill up the three minutes. Like in that 50 seconds, he could have like fucking shoved in some more stuff I can do for you, you know, sell yourself. Um, Absolutely. So that was bizarre. Uh, I, I cannot believe this just off tangent a bit, but I can't believe Jeff Nadu is still there. Like, how is it that an ex-employee who quit is allowed on Barstool Idol? Like, that is ridiculous. And the fact that he's still in the competition is bullshit. Like, if I was the other competitors, I would be like, fuck you. Like, you're getting one of your ex-employees in. Bullshit. Yeah, and you can tell, like, Brandon Walker doesn't want him there. There's a couple of guys who don't. There's a couple of guys who do. So it's just, it's odd that Clemmer has to go. And Nadu gets to stay. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me. My biggest thing that I was thinking about two menors is what's your takeaway with Big Cat saying that Kirk Minahan wanted Clemmer to be there? Because I felt like that was a big reveal. Yeah, absolutely. I've got it on my notes here and I tweeted it out. I, I thought that was a huge reveal. Some people have alluded to the fact that then was Chris's walkout a whole bit that kind of uh, was sort of 
you know, discussed maybe in the, the show chat between them all that, you know, let's do some walkout um, to add some drama. I don't think so. I think Kirk asked Big Cat for Chris to be a part of it because it would be good show content. But then when that meant Clemmer started to turn his back on the show, Kirk just went, well, fuck this. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's levels of truth in that. My biggest takeaway from that is as angry as Kirk sounds like he is. And, and I think he's totally warranted to be this angry. um, I think that Clemmer is going to have to come in there next week, right? So I know they're not taping this week. They're going to be back at it next week. You have to have Clemmer. Are they off next week as well? They're Are they off, off for next two week? weeks? Yeah, they're is off for two weeks, weeks buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, next they, time they, a show. Next time a show is recorded, I will be in Massachusetts. Holy shit! Okay. Well, whenever this happens, before the Wilbur, they need to have Watertown. You know, I'll be in Watertown. There you go. You'll be in Watertown. You have to have this out with him because none of this makes sense. You could tell that Dave Cullinane is like frustrated and he needs answers. You can tell Kirk is the same way. Uh, Mike is very kind to Clemmer all the time. We need to have answers. This is going to get even more frustrating as time goes on. And I need to know what the reasoning is. And that's why I think Kirk is still going to have him in there because Kirk wanted him on Barstool. He created this monster that is clever and now we mm. need to have this out this one-on-one needs to happen because none of this makes fucking sense to me at all none of it yeah i mean i, I would like to hear a full-on fight between clamor and kirk and you can hear even on um the latest show they did the 45 minute episode from kirk's holiday mansion or wherever he is that um he doesn't hate Clemmer. He, he, there's no sort of real animosity there. I think there's some frustration. There's some disappointment, um, a bit, sort of like a parental sort of feeling, I guess, from Kirk, even though he would hate me saying that. But uh, Kirk doesn't actually hate Clemmer. So I think you're right, right there. There is a chance he could be back in there just to recap. Do you do you think that one Clemmer's going to be go, though? Would Clemmer go after all this? Well, I don't, I don't know. Now that, now that, because could he be bitter? Over. Could he be bitter and like, oh, you fucking sent Justin there to heckle me and blah blah blah? Could he be bitter and hold some resentment against well, Kirk, Carl, and the show? Well, that's what I wonder too. Where he just went home today? Like, if if Portnoy's tweeting about me last night, I'm going into Barstool HQ. Whether regardless, like, I'm going in there. I'm pleading my case. But so the fact that he went home today tells me one. Like one, that's terrible instincts on his part. You got to fight. Two, if he is going home, is he just done with the content game? And is he going to go home and actually get a, a real job and get back into the workforce? Like, is that is he is he done now? Like, was this his big hail mary? I don't know. But Clemmer, is he going to be at the Wilbur show on the stage? Is he going to be, or is he going to be in the fans with the fans watching or is he not going to go at all manners wow i mean i I don't know i I actually think i think it could be the uh, hard to read chris but i actually may think this could take a little bit of a bitter turn for him and maybe he won't be at the wilbur maybe he'll just sort of turn his back on kms for a little while i'm not sure um Maybe he'll get back into movies in the millennium, that great idea that never took off. Um, I don't think he'll be on stage. I really don't think Chris will be on stage at all um, at the Wilbur. So I think you can rule that out. But he could be in the audience. Um, but maybe yeah, maybe he just thinks, fuck it, and, you know, 
fuck this and just moves on. There's a lot of men fans who love him. I'd love, I'd love to. Still I love him, him too. I want him yeah, there. I'd, I'd love to be there with him. Get a beer with him after. Get a cider with Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I, I want, um, you know, I want some people to party till sun up. So I know he'll be hitting the ciders on all night absolutely. afterwards, and he'll be someone there. Him and all his um, commuter Laura and everybody. So yeah, I hope he makes I hope it. So. I hope so. What do you think about those bizarre Portnoy tweets about Chris? Not one, but two. So um, I figure a when Portnoy f- finds out how old Clemmer is, that will change change his view of him because I think Clemmer did a great job of making himself look mid-30s rather than mid-40s. I don't know how he did it, clean clothes, uh, I don't know if there was makeup. I don't know if there was some hair dye. Whatever he did, he was able to make himself much closer to sort of 35, 36 than mid-40s. I, I, but here's where I disagree with you. I think that Portnoy likes weird. He hires weird. Like um, Mincy, there's no way he's a youngster. He looks very old. I don't know what his exact age is. Brent Walker is old. Frank the Tank is older. These are mm. all recent full-time hires like when they once they make frank full-time like i don't i don't think age is the factor i thought he was tweeting that out to kind of test the waters and see what was coming back for replies like he was doing a little fish in there and he wanted to see how clemmer would react and clemmer's quote to tweet response was such a letdown manners i'm such man what was that's so pathetic i mean oh i'm someone looking for a job at barstool i mean just please stop that. Just have some fun, man. Like, have some fun. Oh yeah, no. I'm the guy that just got thrown out. Your your something. You just vote. You know your your right. subordinates just voted me out. Um, whatever. Yeah, have some fun have with some it. Haters. Yeah. Fuck it, yeah. man. And, like- and, and then I guess, I mean, uh, if you were Clemmer's friend, say you were Ethan Clemmer's good friend, and he was like, Absolutely. "Okay, Ethan, what what do I? We'll play. I'm Clemmer." All right, all right, Red. So tell me, what do I do next? You you have to do everything you can to get back on the Kirk Menahan show, and you have to start from now. Like, if I'm him and I'm serious about this content, and one thing, if if I'm serious about content, I'm not doing what I did. He fucked up three weeks. If I'm him, honestly, I just go back to a real job. That's what I did. Ethan, should, not... I send B, should I send Big Cat another message? No. No, you shouldn't. It's over. Bar but Dave school... tweeted about me, but Ethan, should I send Big Cat another message asking for a job? No. No, you shouldn't because you didn't stick around. You should have fought. You should have stayed in the studio. You should have <laughs> gone in today. Like, you left. You had, what are you leaving for? You got nothing to come back to. You're all in. Just fucking win it, man. You've got it by the balls. What are you doing, Clemmer? I mean, I, I, I think it's a strange angle, Ethan, to go that, I mean, read that. He, I mean, he was kicked out. He had to go. Oh, he had to go. He had no, to go, but. He didn't have to. He, had, he yeah, didn't have to. He had to. to go. Yep. But, boy, I mean, him standing off camera when he was thrown out, he just, he looked forlorn. Because the thing is, I really. Even if he gets through, I just don't think there's any way Clemmer's ever going to win. So anyway, anyway, thoughts and prayers, Clemmer. Uh, Bastard Idol, thank goodness I don't have to watch that. You won't be watching any now, will you? No, 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 because 
it's not good. It's simply not good. They don't have none of these contestants and fucking uh, gas should be fired because there is nothing good going on with these people. Nothing awful. I almost um, asked Bri to join us tonight um, to discuss her experience of being thrown out by the wheel of death. Um, mm. But but I figured it would be – she wouldn't know – like it wouldn't, wouldn't have been that interesting. But um, she's she is someone who I could see fitting in at Barstool very easily. She's, she's someone – you know, if, she, if she wasn't in New York, I would say she'd be good mm. to go in there on a Thursday with Kirk. Mm. I mean um, – yeah, the YouTube videos is getting many more views than they're getting now. That's for sure. I would she's, watch every uh, one on. She's she's put together. She's put yeah. She's, she's put together. Strong right, so, court. Yep. All right. So um, let yeah. She's got a strong strong back court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, her Instagram page is wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Her poor father. Her poor father. Well, anyway. Right, so there was another show that um, happened since our last recording, the the show with Greg Poehler, which did not disappoint. Um, And really good show. I mean, look, I'm just going to get my little nitpicky things out of the way first. And this is not this is not like a big thing. And this is not trying to criticize Dave Cullinane a lot. I'm just like, he maybe could have fixed up the audio in post-production because it was really hard to hear Greg. So, um, you know, obviously he couldn't turn the dial up when Greg was in the studio, but actually sometimes if someone's a real low talker, you can't turn the dial up too much because then you get too much background noise. So he could have fixed it in post-production. I may have sent Dave Cullinane a leveled version just as an example because I've been messing around with ways you can fix up audio um, volume inconsistencies because often you whisper very softly into the microphone and I'm shouting and it's bad yes. for the listeners. So I will in post-production put a leveler on it just to, to just to make it a bit easier. So, you know, I think that takes about five minutes to do once you've recorded. But, look, if, if Dave doesn't know how to do it, that's fine. Perhaps I could show him how to do that. Um, You're so helpful. You're when so, I'm so in Watertown, I am. Sure. I am. This yeah. is, you know, did I tweet this out? Did I tweet something out about the volume? No. I sent him a no, DM. Now I'm talking publicly on the podcast. Yep. Just a friend, not not someone criticizing yep. because the thing about the polar audio was it was fine when you were in a quietish environment, but if you're sort of out walking around, I was losing a bit of what Greg was saying because I think I listened to that episode three times. It was so good. And, it was and then very good. Just, yep. And my other little criticism is I think they've got to just fix the videos. I don't like this where you've got like Kirk the whole screen and then you've just got like Mike and Greg in the corner. Um, I don't think that's a great viewing experience. It's like Kirk and the little people. Uh, but, again, just a small little nitpick. Um, not not a big deal, Dave. You're doing a fantastic job. Again, we can talk about job. this stuff um, yep. when we're together like – how you would crop a video or, or something like that. I mean, it's not videos are time consuming though. Like just putting it into a video editing software and exporting something two and a half hours long does take a while. So, um, you know, a lot of credit to Dave for even doing it. 
Well, it's, and, and it would add on to the time, right? There's the 40 minutes that it would take just to be able to do the ads properly and then the five minutes to do the sound. I will say, I think that's great advice. I think you're handling this very well. This is very strange, Menners. You seem to be very level-headed about this. Mm. Uh, you couldn't find two polar opposites of the spectrum when it comes to speaking into a microphone, when it comes to Greg Polar and Mike Geary. Mike Geary Mm. is one of the loudest shouters ever, ever. There were times, I know you've probably gone through this for, there was a couple of years where you're just, you know, tweeting at Steve Robinson, hey, Steve, could you just turn Mike down a little bit, please? He is yelling mm. over people. When when he gets mad at somebody for calling in, you know, when uh, Josh, when that shit happened with Josh, he's just screaming or Portnoy. He is just an absolute force on the microphone. So um, Polar is phenomenal. Now, here's what I have this question for you. Does Polar sound like Ziggy Robinson to you? Because he sounds a lot like Ziggy Robinson to me. And I don't know if that's just me. Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, I didn't get that. Ziggy just followed me again on Twitter after he oh. didn't follow me for a long time. So I don't know what that's about. Um, but how good was the Polar episode? I mean, he comes in after um, fucking boring old rigs. And honestly, I mean, the the fact that, I mean, the old Kirk would have fucking shredded Riggs, but for some reason, I don't know, because Kirk holds some hope that, I don't know, he's got some friendship with Riggs, he didn't criticise him at all. I mean, nope, objectively, nope, this is, Riggs nope, was this horrible. Is what it, he was. Now, this is the deal, right? Even Because even Polar was talking shit about Riggs in that episode, little subtle shots in there, which I loved. Um, the, the adage is this. If you hate it, Kirk's going to love it. So... Like, that's how the Clemmer monster got started. Like, if you hate this, Kirk's going to love it even more. No, so the I... feedback he's gotten from about Riggs had to have been terrible because it was it was an hour and a half. I know it was a two-and-a-half-hour two show. It was an hour and a half of golf talk, which mm. I don't mind golf talk for an hour at the most, but holy shit, buddy. I just think bad. Kirk actually bad. was scared that the Minna fans would run Riggs out of town. So they were he didn't criticize him himself because uh, you know probably Riggs is a little bit more sensitive um probably not used to copying so much heat um definitely so yeah that's what yeah that's what i think happened yeah and and polar as we rightly predicted absolutely crushed it during that episode here's my criticism dave cullenane he too that story rang true to me of course it did um i just i i imagine you know, seventh grade, probably seventh grade, sixth grade. Oh my God. You're not going to defend Cullinane. him, are you? Dave Cullinane, nine and a half, just amazing shoulders sitting there in class as a seventh grader. Here we go. And your teacher does this to you? Like assaults you with this? Like that poor child. And all you want to do is just reach out and just hug the kid and tell him it's going to be okay. It's all right. It's not your fault. And these jackals, these hyenas, Polar and and Mike Geary are just chuckling it up and acting like this never happened. Like, this is why people don't come out and say these things, right? This is Weinstein all over again. This terrible teacher showing off what she was showing off to poor little nine and a half Dave Cullinane at his peak where he's just slaying broads in middle school and she does this to him, robbed him of his innocence. It's shameful. 
It's disgusting manners. And you're I mean, telling me you don't believe it? Bullshit. Absolute you bullshit. This is, this is Cullinane just losing his mind. Like, basically, when you are How dare a you. young man, a young pubescent boy at school, and you've got a, a female teacher that's not, you know, a thousand pounds, you've got so generally not even an attractive female teacher, just anything below, like anything, just any half decent. Yeah, yeah. It, it not even fit, just a, a, a female that you might envisage yourself having sex with. Then you will bring in your, like, maybe he caught, like, a a sort of tiny glimpse three inches up her leg or something, and all of a sudden he's seen her fucking minge <laughs> or her snatch, you know, yeah, as I call I like it, that. snatch snap. Um, there you go. I like you know, that. I had those things. We used to call them Kodak moments, you know, when we were at school. If, you know, a, a girl, you know, had her legs open and you could see her underwear, something like that. Not that, you know, that that's what the sort of things that happen at boys' school. There's no way this happened. There's no way a teacher Stop put it. her leg up on a chair with no yes. underwear and showed him her Minge just did not Minge. happen. He fantasizing. She was there. It's just there's so many holes in the story and not the hole I'm talking about. And she <laughs> no, just, no, 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 no. just, he just, a fantasy got into his brain and he somehow believes it. No, there, Manners, this happens all the time. We see this weekly around the world. There's always a teacher being caught with a student and it's always made light of sport of when it's a female teacher and a male student everybody always says this well good for the kid right they see the, the teacher like oh absolutely wow, she's good for the kid yeah, yeah absolutely but i'm telling you this i'm telling you this when you're a sixth grader when you're that young and you're just an innocent you're in, you know and you're just starting out and you got great shoulders and a great head of hair and you're killing it with the ladies out on recess like bullshit you know, you don't need this kind of stress in your life. And I could He did totally not get Sharon Stone. He not did not get Sharon Stone. That totally and the shooting story are unbelievable. It's His not fantasy has become reality. He's just it, uh, just more WWE stuff from Dave Cullinane. Um, oh, but, you're outside your but, mind. But, but it was fun. I mean, it was a very funny bit, so I'm not going to criticise him. Good on him making up a good story we can laugh at. That and then the, the other funny bit was when he starts talking about why the show the day before was posted so late and he starts going, so I – just from yesterday, the whole system changed. And and then this is where I thought Polar was really Polar good. Polar was great. He yeah. was able to, like, make fun of them. He had a very dry wit. Um, he wasn't sort of in your face. He just was, you know, very clever. Um, so, yeah, he, he was he was great on those bits. That And that bit, you know, Cullinane, oh, everything changed yesterday. And I have to say, you know, putting in those ad markers is annoying. So going to give Dave a pass. That's annoying. And, Dave, there don't do that in traffic again because then if, you know, you run into a fucking pole, we're going to have Steve Robinson or Matt Carano producing. So just wait till you're back in the office. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we don't want anything bad happening to him. Um, Polar, fantastic there, building on that joke, uh, talking about – how it just happened and he's getting on Dave about that. And then Mike's building off of that joke there. And then Kirk is when Kirk's laughing that hard, like that was my biggest takeaway from that episode is how much fun you could tell Kirk was having. 
that's when you know it's a really good episode because there's sometimes where it's a slog. You can tell there's sometimes where Kirk is just annoyed with the yeah, guys. Kirk could have been stars in his eyes, though. Amy Poehler's brother, someone that's had a TV show. Um, I think it had more to do with the fact that he wasn't flanked by a moron. Usually he's flanked by a lot of idiots. I, I mean, mean, he had rigs, he had Montante. Riggs, he was probably just Montante. fucking thrilled to have someone yeah. with a fucking brain in there. With Exactly. And I, mean, I thought Polar and Mike were great together. Uh, I liked how Kirk said to Polar, you can come in again any time. Um, uh, now, I criticised Madawaska Rob for, you know, pretending that he played basketball against Kirk and his dad saying to him, I like that Minahan guy. Uh, yeah, sure, Rob. Uh, but it seems like Greg Polar and Kirk played against each other and Pola might have footage of a young Kirk Minahan playing basketball. Do you think that is something the Minna fans need to see, or d- does it not matter? Need to see? No. Want to see? Absolutely. I think everybody would love to see Kirk Minahan dropping dropping threes, because I can tell you this, that's a 3 and D guy right there. I don't know how familiar you are with basketball, but I can mm-hmm. tell you that Kirk is a three and D guy getting up and down that floor. As much as he talks about how he doesn't like the current NBA, I guarantee you he's out there letting it rain. Uh, and I'm sure he was locked down defense defense out there too. So yeah, I, I think Rob is right on that. I don't think Rob would lie about that. I don't think so. Mm. He wouldn't roll well, not polar and Rob. Rob and Greg did. No, not both of them. I I've, I've never been a big basketballer because I think it's unfair that the, the height of the basket, I think they should be like, it should be like a league for like, you know, five foot two people with a lower basket. I think that would be fun. Um, the right wing lunatics hated Polar, um, which, oh. I mean, original take. Oh, that, you know, just don't like someone because they have a different political belief. Very clever. Um, yeah, that, that was the not other predictable thing. Predictable at episode. all. Yeah. First off, I love when they're crying their tears. That makes me feel great. I'm not a lib, but I love it when libs come in there and they're boohoo. Uh, like I could tell those Raba fans out there, they hate that shit. Good. Great. Love that. And also, too, great for Dave Cullinane stuffing Polar in a locker with his Donald Trump take. Yes. Uh, that was uh, there was an all time Cullinane moment right there. So my Absolutely. question for you is, Menners, would you have Donald Trump on if you were Kirk Minahan? Would you have him on the Kirk Minahan show? Yes. Yeah, because you're yeah, kind absolutely. of a crazy lib. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm in another country. I'm not a Democrat or a Republic. I'm in another country with a, a much more robust political system. Um, so, yeah, no, I would, I would – if I was Kirk, I'd have Trump on. But I can see it causing issues. I can see Barstool being pissed off. But, I mean, it's Good. a former president. It's a former president. I would have him on Minna Fandom. If, you know, if I get a – I would have fucking – George Bush uh, Jr. on um, Minna Fandom, even though he's a war criminal, as Kirk likes to say. Um, All right. Well, Menner's fans. Menner's fans. Let's make that happen. Tweet them. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Kirk wasn't happy with oh, my, my favorite line of Greg Polar's is when um, Cullinan goes, She never touched me, and Polar just goes, Name of the episode right there. Yeah. It's yeah. like, That's a listener. That's a listener. Not like Riggs is a pretend listener. Um, he gets it. Yeah, Rick sucks. Yeah, uh, sucks. Uh, um, Kirk, so Kirk, you mentioned Kirk banning me from the Wilbur. That was because of my Sage Steel take about him being a bit harsh on her. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand by it. Uh, You're going to stand by it. You're not going to take, come on. I mean, it's not a, it's not a vociferous criticism because Mike made the point that they were kind of laughing about it. But as I said, I just don't know why the instinct is to laugh at a woman that suffered after a violent accident. Well, I mean, okay, but if it was a man or a woman, who cares about the reproductive system? If, if you're anyone, not, anyone, if, right. if if you if you're not if you had have fun with it, you're gonna have fun with it. She didn't have right, fun with fine, it. Fine, fine, great. Yep. Yeah. So it's fun having like emergency dental operations and getting smacked no, in the mouth and fun. pain. It's, you know, you're missing, missing work. Point. No, you're missing yeah. the point. You gotta have fun with it. She made it sound like it was her own personal nine eleven. That's the point. She was not going to die from this. It was. And they were it was. It's all relative. Trauma. You shouldn't uh, You shouldn't denigrate someone's trauma. But anyway, I, I just want to say, um, you know. You're sorry? Kirk. You're wrong. Sorry, Kirk. I'm sorry, Kirk. I'm sorry, Kirk. Don't ban me from the Wilbur. Fucking let me in. If, that, if Justin is there trying to keep me out of the Wilbur, can you imagine – the tears, you know, I might have to like do one of those things where you dress up in like a funny dress up as a dress in like as a woman, you know, go in with oh, Alison and uh, Lauren and B and B like in incognito. Um, oh, that would be great. Let's have, let's make that happen. Thank you. Mm. Mm-hmm. I used to look good in a dress. Um, that, yeah, I, I thought it was good last week they didn't take too many calls because the calls have been pretty shitty lately. So good they didn't do that, especially when Greg Poehler was in there. They didn't need to. Um, Agreed. Uh, what do you think about – do you think Justin will be barbecuing on the 4th of July in studio? Because Justin, I've got to say, even though we blocked, he blocked me, I blocked him and I have no interaction with him, he's a doer. Like he's not someone who will – well, he's not a doer when it comes to live shows and the pressure's really on. But if it's doing something really inane and stupid, he can do that stuff. Do you think Listen, he'll do the barbecue all day? I have no doubt that he's going to do that. The man okay. is, he's a professional barbecuer. Did you see him go to the mini golf course today? Did you see that today? No, no, because I'm blocked on Twitter. So I have to go oh. into another of my Twitter accounts to well, see what he's tweeting. And I can only be bothered doing that like once a week. This is where he's a doer. So uh, if you go to the Kirk Minahan show, you will see it there. He did broadcast there. Um, he went to the mini golf course. Um, where they'll be taking place with the Barstool uh, mm-hmm. tournament. And the one day that the course is closed is a Wednesday. So he went <laughs> all the way there, and it was closed. <laughs> and he's covering the holes, and he's talking about, oh, it's got the slant here, this hill there. It is perfect, Justin. Like, no thought put into it. The execution was terrible but it was still comedy gold. Like he had the best of intentions and he absolutely failed. I can't wait to get Kirk's response on this. The one day it's closed. That's when he goes there. He never, he never Googled it. He never looked to see what the times were. But could he, he could he even checked. get in or nothing? He couldn't even get in. So it was just, there, he was in there. He was in the course. He was checking out the holes, but there was no way to play them. There's nobody there. You know, like if you use Google right now and you research where it is, you'll see the business hours and the days that they're open. He never looked. He went all the way there and it was closed. It's beautiful. Uh, Gotta love him. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I land um, in Boston on July 4th sometime. So um, if he's cooking away in the studio, um, you know, I'll I'll need to have some dinner. So um, He'll hook you up. Yeah, I don't know if he, he will invite me, but it's we, we need to sort of unblock each other and come come to a better spot. Um, maybe you can make that happen, Red. You're a, that's, that's what I'm here for. 
you can negotiate a peace agreement between Justin and I. Some, maybe start off with a group message. And yeah, I think if you can negotiate a peace accord, mm-hmm. that would be great. So, anything else about the show you want to talk about before we get into Minifan World and listener questions? Listen, the only thing I've got notes on now are Montante's world and Rome. I've got I've got all kinds of Rome notes. All right, well, so let's get into it. Let's get into Minifan World stuff. Oh, um, so a new show has entered the Minifan World, Made in Sweden by Greg Poler. So he did two seasons of a sitcom that's on Amazon Prime here. Not sure where it is in um, the US, but I actually really enjoyed it. I've sort of watched most of the first season. Uh, it's a good show. It's funny. Like, I, I, yeah, I like Greg's sense of humor. That's why I watch it because I knew listening to him on Kirk, I like his sense of humor. And I lived in Amsterdam and there's kind of – a little bit of similarities between an American in Sweden and American in Amsterdam and uh, an Aussie in Amsterdam. And so, yeah, great show. If you just want a fun little sitcom, it's good. Uh, Will Farrell's been on it. Amy Poehler's been on it. Surprise, surprise. Aubrey Plaza. Um, but but it is amusing. I don't think I'm going to check it out. I'm not a big sitcom guy. I'm going to trust you on this. Um, I appreciate his humor in studio. I think that's as far as it goes for me. Okay. But- Great. If he was nicer to Colin in, I might consider. But I don't like mm. his I mean, it, it's probably the best Minifan made show around. I, I mean, I, I think if they could get Polar onto the KMS network, that would be great. It can't be better than it used to be. I'll tell you that. It can't be better than that. <laughs> so it is, I'm it is way better. I'm There's no Tony for a start. Oh, um, fuck. And then um, the. The last bit of uh, Minifan World stuff was I just oh, from my end, sorry, it was um, so you know David from Hull was on Montante's Moron World show, and I always just go to the KMS bit, like the Barstool KMS bit. So fortunately, I've said it before. The only good thing Montante does is he puts a little run sheet of the topic, so you can you can actually pretty quickly skip through all the fucking whack job. Uh, politics stuff, all the sports stuff I'm not interested in. That's fine. Like I'm not going to knock guys talking about sports because I do it all the time, but I'm not interested in the same sports. They had a take that was so dumb, so moronic. Like, do these two have a brain? So their take was, Red, that when Portnoy leaves Barstool because he's got some contract, he's got to stay there while Penn owns them, when he leaves, he's going to go and start Portnoy Sports to – to compete with Barstool, and he could bring someone like Kirk Minahan with him because he'll be off contract. He could bring people from Barstool Sports who are off contract. Do you think Penn National is going to pay him $100 million and not put in the contract, you can't go and start a rival sports media company? I mean, you fucking idiot. When you sell any business, if you sell a fucking restaurant, every contract, you can't open a restaurant within a certain vicinity. Do you think – there's any way Penn would let him walk away and then, what, a year later, Portnoy Sports, here we go. I'm going to start a new barstool. I mean, it was the thickest, dumbest take I've ever heard. <laughs> it's two two guys that have no understanding of business, no understanding of contracts, also no understanding of why the fuck would Portnoy make all that money and then go off and start his own thing and work that much harder to establish something else. You know how hard that would be? Why would he make all that money, own all that property, live the life that he does just to leave and then have to work twice as hard to build it back up again? It makes no fucking sense. And these two are lapping it up like they're two fucking Einsteins. They've come up with this (laughs) brilliant plan that Portnoy's going to do. I mean, so dumb. So that's the (laughs) level of sort of analysis you get on that. 
that fucking show. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, I, so, yeah, what's your I stuff? Was, well, so it, I'm going right back to that show and Daver and uh, what he's got for his Cullen intake and his Steve Robinson take, which is, for me, the whataboutism from these idiots trying to criticize Cullinane and say, well, when Steve Robinson was this, you know, he had these fans looking up for doing this and coming after him and blah, blah, blah. And if Dave Cullinane's lying, he's got it so much easier. It's the dumbest shit. You know what's great about the Cullinane haters is he's got the dumbest haters in the world who can't form opinions or have <laughs> a memory of what Steve Robinson was. Steve Robinson lied with every single breath that he took. He destroyed, tried to destroy Kirk's show by hiding information, deleting Kirk's art. He then on his last six months at work, he knew because he had to get, remember he had to get a custom as we can talk about with Rome. He had to get a custom sprinter van made, which would take four to six months. He then also had to not renew his lease. His wife had to also put in her, her week's notice into work. So that means Steve Robinson planned for it maybe six months, probably four months, that he wasn't coming back to the Kirk Manahan show, leaving Kirk in the lurch to find another producer. Steve Robinson is fucking evil. You can't compare him to Dave Cullinane. Dave Cullinane's a sweet, sometimes simple guy. It's not even the same fucking sport. I, I agree with that. Two because it's Fucking mm. drives me nuts. Anyway, yeah, of course, because Steve brought on that hate because he was so dislikable. So people wanted to get him because they hated him. So you would see any opportunity to uncover another Steve Robinson lie. And again, I would have no problem if people were to try and fact check some of Cullinane's lies, but they're so wild and so crazy and so made up, so fantastical that you know, how could you fact check someone? allegedly pulling a gun one drunken night. How could you fact check some woman he didn't pull a gun, a he didn't pull flashing a badge at you? So, you know, <laughs> it, it's her men. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, what's next? Thank you. Okay. Can we talk about Rome? Yes. Can we talk about Rome. All right. Here it is. Listen for everybody else that's out there. If you're listening to the show, you don't have to listen to Rome. I got this covered. This is my corner of the street. This is what you're right. going for. So far, we are four weeks in. We're four episodes in. We're about four hours in. And Menners, we still don't have a fucking RV. <laughs> we don't have an RV. We're we're four <laughs> hours into this. One man talking into a microphone, and we still don't have one. That's. But I'll tell you this: you want to go in depth on a guy rear-ending Carano in San Francisco? Mm. rear-ending him in san francisco yes i got please. that in detail i got all those things the man spent i don't know how many hours creating a song about an rv from a camper world where he never actually read a fucking review so he spent more hours writing <laughs> a song about an rv that he didn't purchase <laughs> and did not read a review on the place that he's purchasing from the man claims to be intelligent talks over everyone from his high tower, he is a psychotic moron, and I love this show. Mm. But please, no one click on it. Don't give him the download. I got you covered. It, yeah, he is a psychotic. I'm not listening. Okay. It's, it's, it's amazing that Clemmer is clearly the more talented individual from those two. I mean, Matt can write music, but Clemmer has more of an instinct for content. The, my final point on this, this man – 
believed that real estate was not a smart decision. He believed that Bitcoin was the true investment. Okay, So he <laughs> sold his property and bought a $100,000 RV and decided, well, he hasn't even bought one yet. He's still, you know, now he's just in an Airbnb waiting to buy one. And now he's going to travel around in his $100,000 pimped out RV with these gas prices, $6 a gallon, more than likely, $7 a gallon. I mean, I can't wait for this guy to go south, go to South America. You know, his wife has convinced him to liquidate all of his assets, and she's going to off him. He's done. You're right. This, yeah. Yeah. this is the ending. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, well, that was our Rome wrap-up segment by Red. Um, let's move quickly into the listener question segments. Please. We've also got a review. So this is five stars from 80s Village. I like to leave a lot of reviews. Um, buck up, he says. Buck up, manners. You're not so bad. Red deserved a suspension, not for cuckolding you with the rival podcast, but for being a bit bland and riding your coattails. Five stars, though. So, I mean, I'll take the five stars. Don't I don't mean, know if I agree with what you said about Red. Bland? Bland? How am I bland? And what coattails? Where are we going with this? What are we doing? Come on. Come I'm on. just reading the information in front of me. Um, of just a bit more of TCB. Um, Red has actually finally logged into the Minifandom show account. Um, yep. So now you'll yeah. just have to guess who's tweeting what. Um, obviously, <laughs> um, you'll make – it'll be pretty obvious who's tweeting what, I think. Um, and – um, I, I always yeah, tweet. And, and, I tweet. I tweet from there and, all and, just positive things about you. That's all. Well, that also, what happened to Carlos, our intern? Like, just disappeared off the face of the earth. That's weird, isn't it? And what happened to Killer Kowalski? I thought he was going to be the next intern. He's done nothing. Yeah. What, what's going on? No, there? Exactly. Wow. So the That's no weird. applicants. Maybe when I'm in Boston and Massachusetts, I'll be able to sort of um, meet some interns in person. Um, Bree Bry would be a great intern. <laughs> I'm happy yeah, to vet maybe, her as well. Maybe a, um, maybe anyway. a, a couch. So anyway, I don't yeah, anyway, in turn, just um, shoot through some content. All right, first question, Michael Montante. Menas, my question would be, why do you tag me in these when I've never responded with a question? Just to get a dumb response like that, you moron. Um, you Minifan Lauren, are you looking forward to your trip at all? Going to the show aside, what are you most looking forward to? I mean, before you answer, this was like the biggest alley-oop I've ever seen. She knows, and God bless Lauren Lynch, she knows exactly what she's doing with this tweet. So anyway, the floor is yours. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. Lauren, I am now looking forward to my trip. I've turned that frown upside down. I'm excited. It's it's imminent. Um you know, some some good things happening um, from some podcasts I'll be starting when I get back. So got some good things to look forward to. And going to the show aside, what are you most looking forward to? I mean, a walk through the forest in Maine with a, another Minifan would be lovely, um, something like that, uh, meeting talk, other Minifans. You talking about me? You talking about me? Or? Well, you, you can come if you want. I prefer if you didn't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of Minna fans and having a good time and you know, catching up. It's all going to be fun and games, Lauren, you know, um, it'll be above board if you want it to be. Um, <laughs> that was, that was a PG version of what I thought you were, as soon as she tweeted that, I was like, good golly, here we go. 
That's what do you mean say like coming all over your tits? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> um, Ned Snark, are you planning to join the New Hampshire cast with Ethan? Sorry to bring Ethan up again on this podcast. He's talking about Red. him a lot here. Yeah. I would love to join um, the New Hampshire cast with Ethan. Uh, plans are for Chris, Ethan, and I to have a dinner. I will have my recording equipment with me, so perhaps then we can record a New Hampshire cast minifandom crossover. Um, I don't know how Ethan's going to take the news that I didn't send him the present um, because I actually, as I said, I didn't actually put in the DMs. I didn't send that because I was I've been in shock for about five days. <laughs> That, that happened um so yeah hopefully it will happen well maybe maybe during that dinner you know ethan can keep his fucking hands off of you number one and number two maybe clemmer could fill you in on all the questions we have about him and what's been going on who knows so maybe that yeah. can happen next question from victor which movie on the plane dumb question so we'll skip that one um gearhead mike <laughs> Is your lay flat seat actually just the overhead compartment of the plane? Well, Gearhead Mike, a, a very clever short joke there. Well done, son. You wrote a short joke. You should be very <laughs> proud of yourself. Um, but uh, as I've said before, one of the advantages to being extremely short is that economy feels like economy plus or feels like, um, yeah, you're in business class or, or something. So um, it's not the overhead compartment of the plane, but yes, you know they the, the, the stewardesses do come up to me and say, "Oh, you your parents here uh, to accompany you, or are you traveling alone?" And yeah, ha ha. Does the pilot does the pilot give you his wings? You know when you're about yeah, he lets me flight. go up into the cockpit. Yeah. Absolutely, oh, that's nice. Um, so that's yeah, nice. it's sweet. I get a little toy, little toy thing, mm. and um, mm. so that's all fun. <laughs> Uh, Gearhead Mike, where is the Kirk Club invasion going to be the weekend of July 8th to 10th? Mrs. Gearhead Mike is going to be on a spa weekend, so mini-fandom events would be a good thing to do. Then he writes back and saying, my wife will actually be here. So um, who knows where we'll be on the 8th to the 10th. Um, yeah, hopefully driving around Maine or somewhere. I, I wish I could be there. I will be away. Uh, for my anniversary for my with my fake wife, but whatever. I'm sorry. Lovely. But you'll be back the week after, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Uh, next question from Ted Sarandis. Would you consider, consider, consider Idol number four as a guest from in a fandom? Of course, I just said that. Um, do you agree that watching Shooting Sugar, Shooting the Sugar, is like seeing a wounded animal struggle for life? Yes. I think that's a little disrespectful to the wounded animal, honestly. <laughs> uh, not not Ted's best week of questions, but appreciate the effort. Um, so that was all the listener questions. Um, just wrap it up quickly with what have you been watching? What are you going to be watching? Um, I saw the last Kenobi episode yesterday. I won't spoil it for anybody. But um, overall, Good. I thought the, the series finished strong. Okay. The last two episodes were better than the episodes before, I would say. Okay. I've been holding off on it. I've been waiting until I heard that. I will dive in. Uh, Peaky Blinders is where I'm at right now. So latest Ooh. season of that. I, I've enjoyed it. My wife has kind of checked out on it because she's a big Tom Hardy fan. Um, so we only get so much of him. 
but it's a uh, heavy dialogue shot beautifully. It looks beautiful. Great job. Mm. Uh, I'm very excited about how this season is going to end. I can't wait. So I, I'm like uh, three episodes in. It's very good. Yeah, I've started watching it, and I read an article by Cillian. Is it Cillian Murphy? I think his name is the lead. Um, that you know, there was quite a bit of sadness around shooting this uh, final season because the actress that plays Polly passed away um, yeah. before that. Um, that was Damien Lewis's wife. She died of cancer. So very sad. She was so good in that show. So this season, I'm you know going to miss her, and they were shooting through COVID. So. Celine said it was quite dark. He felt that last season is dark. So I haven't um, watched much of the last season, but boy, I love that show. Yeah, it's great. And I, it's like I said, like the, the cinematography alone, it doesn't feel like a show at all. I'm excited if you know they ever go to a movie with this. I think there's been rumors of that. Um, it, it's wonderful. So I'm, I'm very excited to be in that right now. I wonder if, well, there's two potential next James Bonds in that show. So Tom Hardy and Cillian Murphy have both been, you know, floated as possible um, replacements for Daniel Craig. I'd actually like to see Tom Hardy do it. I, I, I like his mojo. I like the fact that he's a, a bit more – he's gritty. He's actually a bit like Daniel Craig and gritty, but I think he could be funnier. Yep. Like I think we miss the humour with Craig. I like, you know, that kind of Roger Moore wit. I'd love to see that come back to it. I agree. And the ladies love them. So it gets the ladies out there too, which is even better. It gets you out to the movies quicker. So, mm. Well, Henry here. Cavill also gets the, the ladies there. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, and then uh, this weekend, I've got three movies I want to see. won't be able to see them all. The new Elvis movie, um, a Baz Luhrmann production, which I don't love all of his movies, but I love no. Elvis, so I want to see this. Okay, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I will definitely be checking that out as well. I'm not a big fan of the director. Same. Like my, my kids want to see the new Minions movie and they want to see Lightyear. So we won't be – I don't know which one of those we'll see, but I've I've heard the Lightyear is just average but fun. And, I, I mean, Minions are cute. Minions are cute. I heard those idiots on Lights Camera Bar School – Basel criticizing another Minions movie. There's nothing fucking cuter than a Minion, so fuck off. They, they, and the trailer is great. I do love the trailer. I would say, I don't know if you'd be in favor of this with your kids there. Um, speaking of which, last question, um, do you know how many kids you have? Because Polar seems to struggle with that for some reason. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. I mean, that was wild. Um, but it, I don't know if you'd be opposed to this, but I would definitely have a couple of gummies and go see the Minions movie. I can't tell you how enjoyable Disney movies are, kids movies are. Have a couple of gummies and you're home free. It's wonderful. So I don't know if you would do that with your kids around, but I would. That's oh, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I'm watching. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't get completely fucked if I was going with my kids, but I might, I might no. just have a little gummies, uh, you know, yeah, just to take the edge off. I mean – you got to be with your kids as well, so you need something to take the edge off. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, as we wind this up, this is the the last episode of Minna Fandom before I fly out. I guess if something amazing were to happen in the world, the show world next week, maybe Red and I could jump on, but it's not planned, you know. So we're going to be taking the week off next week, packing and organising to do, tying up all the loose ends here. But, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, 
so I've held off on this, but I land on, you know, in a couple of weeks. So like, let's start getting plans in action. All you Minna fans around Boston, um, you know, let's let's start to line stuff up. Can't wait to have some fun. Um, so, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to work on that Saturday afternoon, finalize that. I'm going to say I think many of us are going to go to the first show, the Wilbur show, and then head to the after party. So let's go. But we'll see if, if anybody's going to the second show. God bless you. But I think that's the plan. But we'll, we'll yeah, get we're these, going to the first show, then probably the after party, or I don't know. I've got tickets to both. Um, I guess it depends what Kirk needs me to do on stage. I mean, if I've got a, a bit in the second show, then be a bit awkward if I was. I'm not, I'm not going to do a clamor and go drinking when I should be on stage. Uh, or I mean, when your number is called, yeah, when your number is called, you got to do it. I mean. Mm. You're there for your fans, manners. We can do exactly. All right, Red. We'll take it easy, and uh, right, listeners will catch up soon.